One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is The Last Laugh. I'm Matt Wilstein from The Daily Beast, and I am so excited to welcome back on the podcast today one of my all-time favorite guests and just an all-around great guy, Nick Offerman. Nick, good to see you. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have you back. Um, and I know you're, you're deep in preparation for hosting the Indie Spirit Awards, um, so I, I'm really curious to know how it's going so far. It's going great. Uh the the um, great advantage that I have in situations like this, when anyone asks uh, me and my legendary bride Megan Mullally <laughs> to do anything at all together, she is she's sort of like in the in the high school of life. She's uh, a perpetual senior, and I'm 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 maybe have made it to sophomore year, but <laughs> or maybe I'm just like a storied freshman, and so. This is no exception. Like she's such, she was like born uh, on the Broadway stage. You know, she she just is like a walking Mel Brooks movie. And so, any you know, if somebody asks us to build a dining room table, then I'm in the driver's seat. And otherwise, Megan, uh, who is, apologizes, she wanted to be here as well, but we. We actually had a boisterous night of lovemaking last night. Oh, and, well, I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that. She's still resting, <laughs> taking some fluids. But yeah, so I mean, you know, uh, it's it's so fun to, when, when in this crazy world of like uh, unlimited content, you know, we, we both have all these plates spinning, working on film, TV. She has a band. I have a wood shop. Uh, you know, I just published my fifth book, et cetera. Yeah, you guys do it all. We Well, we do have a lot of fun. And so when we get to just come together at, at like an old-fashioned showbiz couple and, and get on stage and tell some jokes, it's quite refreshing. Do you uh, Have you been studying past award shows at all? Do you have uh, some favorite moments or things that you're uh, either trying to uh, emulate or not emulate? Uh, yeah, the, the latter. We generally, <laughs> what, whether it's an acting job or something like this, the, the most important thing we do is don't look at anything else. Because <laughs> for me, uh, uh, it just fuels my insecurity it, it taps me back into my my teenage years when i thought i had to be as good at something like in this case i would uh, billy crystal springs to mind like i'm not going to go if if i if i get myself into a basketball tournament i'm not going to go watch a bunch of michael jordan videos uh, to figure out what to do. <laughs> so you won't be recreating uh, Megan's uh, famous duet with uh, Donald Trump, the Green Acres moment uh, that I know uh, has gotten a lot of play in over the past few years. That, yeah, that actually, uh, that was supposed to have been wiped from human consciousness. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, I'll talk to you after we get off the air because I, I think I have a pill I have to send you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't get the Men in Black uh, zap uh, on that <laughs> no. one. It just st st looks, Actually, Zoom has this function. Stare oh, yeah. into your camera okay, for yeah, one I'm second. Gonna do it real quick, You're just yeah. going to feel a light flash there. I have, Hello. I, what, what were we talking about? Uh, nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe last year's awards, uh, the Independent Spirit Awards, were hosted by your, your old friend, Aubrey Plaza. 
um, who did a fantastic job. Um, did she give you any advice? Have you reached out to her at all? She did. Um, the uh, I want to say, uh, and I didn't, uh, I, I think I have this right. I think last year was the weird, or was it two years ago, that was the weird pandemic one with Melissa Villasenor. Yes, yes. And that was kind of not very live it was there was a lot of tape stuff or so aubrey did one before that and then oh, and okay then, and then oh, last okay. year as well i guess oh, okay yeah i'm not, in the last three years it was those two ladies mm-hmm. uh, yeah and yeah we checked in with aubrey i mean she's a dear friend of the family and um she, she's the greatest but uh you know she you got to be careful when you're asking aubrey for advice because pretty quickly she devolves into black magic uh, of one sort or another. I mean, even, even if you're calling to wish her happy birthday, you, you got to keep it brief. Otherwise, she's throwing curses over the phone. So, But I mean, she, she wished us well in her, her own uh, unique way. Yeah, I feel like she was a when she was announced as a host of an award show, it was kind of surprising just because her demeanor is so um, against what you would think of as a, you know, song and dance kind of host. But I thought she she really pulled it off really well and maybe better than I even expected. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she and she does. She has a, a secret uh, ebullient uh, personality. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to see that. That she's like, OK, I'm going to let she'll let the shtick down for one night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking the morning after the SAG Awards, um, where I believe everyone in attendance had to be vaccinated. Um, I'm not sure what the what the Spirit Awards are doing, um, but I know that the Oscars seem to be making an exception for some performers and presenters, um, you know, letting people in who who aren't vaccinated. Um, you know, I know you you testified before Congress about the importance of vaccines. So I was just curious to get your your take on all of this and sort of the the differing rules and the maybe exceptions that are being made for celebrities in a way that is uh, unfortunate. Well, it, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's especially crazy now because at the moment uh, we, 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 we're coming through a the Omicron variant period where uh, the numbers were still quite uh, severe, but society generally seems to be saying, you know what? We just don't care. Like yeah. it, it, <laughs> it's too, time, it's, time to move on. Yeah. It's been going on too long. And it's, it's, it's really strange being tugged in different directions by logic and, and uh, by the heart. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like um, we still err on the side of safety just for practicality's sake. Even if we were non-vax idiots, uh, we still have to work on film and TV sets. And so you, I just don't want to run the risk I don't, of bringing uh, a positive case to a set because it, it will then shut the show down for, you know, 10 days or whatever, that's the livelihood of you know, a couple of three, two, 300 people. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, regardless of, of whether people are com- have common sense and are good citizens or they're, you know, anti-vax, anti-mask dipshits, which but at this point, it's just, it's so embarrassing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like rooting, rooting. It's like saying Putin's a genius. Like, uh, have you, the guy uh, killing people um <laughs> yeah you know uh unprovoked okay um it just doesn't make any sense and and you know we have to shrug and be like well takes all kinds to make up this great melting pot decent decent people and jerks uh and so you know i mean uh as always we will do our best to 
try and uh, have everybody's safety in mind and hope that everybody else will do the same. Yeah. Were you at the Emmy Awards that uh, last year, I believe, when Seth Rogen had that great rant about uh, <laughs> what are we doing in this sealed tent together? No, I, I thankfully <laughs> was, not <laughs> was not there in, in that sealed tent. That was quite tent. a yeah. moment. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Like I, um, we've been eschewing uh, anything because uh, as things began to open up last year, uh, our friends that did then get get COVID generally to a person all got it in a theater setting. Like, but they're like, okay, let's let's roll the dice by congregating with hundreds of people. <laughs> In a room where we like yell and laugh, uh, <laughs> you know, we've been laying off. Uh, I just just the other night went and played my first live show at Largo, and um, knock on wood, so far so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a not a, not a huge theater. Maybe that helps, but it's a it's a great one. And yeah, generally, uh, people with their head on straight. Definitely, yeah. Um, speaking of Seth Rogen, uh, I've just been absolutely loving your performance uh, in Pam and Tommy. Um, I think the the last time we talked, uh, you were promoting devs, which is a you know got pretty intense and a very uh, serious subject matter. And this is serious subject matter as well. But it seems like this was maybe a more fun character to play. Uh, this character of Uncle Milty, the the pornographer. It was it was really fun. Yes, it, it's definitely a, a different feeling genre than um, than devs. Uh, but that's something I love about the the great writing of this piece, uh, mainly by uh, Rob Siegel and D.V. DeVincentis, is that they they take this uh, sort of salacious story from the mid-90s that we all think we know and immediately uh, shatter what we think we know about it or our expectations. Like, l- literally no one knew the true story that that they were actually innocent victims of a theft of their personal, like, you know, lovemaking tape. Uh, and, and just, you know, our sad, cynical society was like, well, I'm sure they had some, you know, she, she's taken her shirt off for magazines. And, and he's, you know, a, a filthy rock and roll drummer. So, uh, so there's no way they, that they're, they're the lambs in this story. Turns out they are, uh, and so so you sort of—it's a great bait and switch where the audience is drawn in by you know the the sort of Hollywood glitz and glamour of the story, and then it sort of slowly turns it turns the lens back around at us and says, "Now just look how you're thinking about these people, especially her, especially the way our society treats women who uh, you know work in any way as a sex object or." in the sex industry and there there's some great statements so it's it's really fun to to play you know this this horrible guy that i played but at the same time i love that it's in the service of this great feminist message by the time the series wraps up yeah i definitely i've gotten to see the whole thing now um and i think it does by the end you really are on pamela's side and and seeing it from her perspective I know she wasn't involved in the series, and I've read some, you know, people saying, "Does this kind of exploit her all over again?" Do you have any uh, take on that or thoughts about, you know, that that criticism of it? Uh, I I don't because um, she she has she has made no statement about it. She said uh, they reached the show reached out to her and she didn't get back to them, which we you know we took to mean like mm, no you know no thanks don't want to be involved. Uh, 
anything beyond that, I don't think it's up to any of us to speculate. You know, uh, I'm sure it was a painful time in her life. If someone made something like that about a part of my life, I probably wouldn't want to, you know, watch it <laughs> or re- replayed. But I, but I do think um, we have gotten word through uh, secondhand sources, her hair guy um and uh and and her i just found this out yesterday through her publicist uh we got word that that she said it was okay for her kids to watch it like the word has word has reached her that it that the show loves her that it's in support of her and it's it's not trying to exploit the story quite the opposite it's trying to expose the exploitation and sort of make us the rest of us you know uh, learn about the the injustice of that part of our culture. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. I also heard that the guy who, I don't know his name, who did her hair all those years, began start, started seeing images of Lily James, you know, in, in on social media, and he kept thinking it was her. He kept thinking it was his hair work. Yeah, it's unbelievable the transformation that Lily James, uh, especially in this series. Um, yeah, because I I think she doesn't look anything like what she looks like in real life on the oh, show. It's, it's astonishing. I mean, the, the work she did, let it, let alone awards, somebody should buy her like a small island. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any memories of that story at the time and what you what you thought about it? Um, do you remember the tape coming out and, and it being, you know, out in the world? Only very vaguely. I mean, I remember I was living with two friends. Uh, I, I had just recently moved to Los Angeles and I was very uh, sort of lived in a cultural vacuum. Like I missed the entire OJ thing. Like I, I heard, <laughs> working in the theater twenty four seven. I just sort of lived in a basement, and so I was like, "Yeah, something happened with OJ and like a white Bronco." <laughs> uh, yeah, if you and, didn't, and, if you didn't hear about OJ, you probably didn't hear about this either. Well, yeah. So I heard about it, and even I remember like looking at. It like uh, at some point, lo- like somebody was like, "Hey, we got." I don't. I don't think we had the tape. I think maybe we looked at the trailer online or something. But we looked at it, and even then, even like I was in my mid twenties, and like you know, a stoner like uh, <laughs> trying to make his way in Hollywood. So, so I, I would consider myself the ideal audience <laughs> yeah. for such the, a. You were the target demo. Uh, yeah. And even so, even I was, and my roommates were like, yeah, this is not like what I want to watch. Something this about this, yeah. This isn't made for us to watch, is what you could tell immediately. So You kind of want to know that there's some consent going on when you, uh, when you watch something like that. You do. And, and, and I do remember, like, I remember that one detail that, that there was some conversation about it and that we were like, well, I'm sure. And it, and it was much more colored, I think, by Tommy Lee, who always, you know, Motley Crue, like their image just seemed, you know, more likely to do something immoral that because that was their brand was like, you, th- you think it's criminal? Probably. We're Motley Crue, you know, by our records. Uh, we're from the devil. Whereas she seemed, you know, like uh, she had the charisma of a protagonist. You know, she she wasn't in the smut business or, you know, like there wasn't anything immoral about what Pam was doing. She was an actress who happened to be gorgeous, you know. No, I mean, I think that's one of the most remarkable things in the show is the idea that it is actually good for Tommy. And that it 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 helps him in some way, and it it 
you know, he's getting high fives everywhere. That's and unbelievable. It's just the yeah. exact opposite effect on him that it had on her. There, yeah, there's some, there's some wonderful uh, speeches by uh, Lily as Pam Anderson and and also by Taylor Schilling, who pl- who plays an adult film actress. They just say some great things that are, you know, and it just goes to show there are so many like calcified notions we have as a society, even those of us that are trying to be progressive and, you know, right now, you know, wrestling hand and foot for trans rights and continuing to battle voting rights and, you know, all all the greatest hits. But there are still these untapped territories of sex workers and uh, adult film performers and, you know, all, all of these other groups that are still discriminated against. And a story like this makes us say, oh, wait a second. These are people like these people. We, we're such assholes to these people. So I want to hear about your new Substack uh, that you have, which I was I was surprised to hear you've joined the Substack uh, world. Um, what's what's that about, and what how did you get into that? Well, it, it's interesting. I um, I just last fall published my fifth book, and I something happened to me. I, I'm very proud of all my books, but this one. Uh, I, I feel like somehow personally stepped up uh, a level in some way. Like I, I, I sort of finally got one right uh, in a way, <laughs> even though, like I say, I, I, I love all my books, but this one, I just, maybe, maybe that's when I made my way to sophomore year in, in life's high school. And, and so I, I sort of finally admitted to myself that I want to be a writer <laughs> hilariously after five books and like three <laughs> international tours of, you know, 90-minute shows that I write. Um, and so a couple of my friends were, were starting Substacks, and, uh, and I sort of bounced around some ideas about it and came up with this notion of, uh, of doing a, a weekly Substack that's like a Q&A format. And I really love doing that. I've done a lot of Reddit AMAs and... Um, and I, there, there's a couple of people I admire who who do Q and A's with their fans, and it, there's something about that uh, paradigm of getting a list of questions, and then I get to curate which ones I answer and how. So I go down, you know, that kind of engagement. Uh, it, it's sort of like I guess in a way it's a modern bag of fan mail, where I can go down these things and say, oh. Okay, I got a good joke for this one. What's your What's your favorite meal, Megan Mullally? Uh, <laughs> and then, but then a, a couple of questions will hit me that I think, oh, well, I actually have an earnest answer for this based on some things my mom and dad taught me, or wh- whatever the case may be. And so, uh, it's I mean, it's kind. Of, I feel like it's an experiment that I'm really enjoying so far. Uh, I'm a few weeks into it. And it's 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 a way I've I've never succeeded in like writing all the time in any sort of journal or uh, or diary sort of way or ju- or just working out like a fiction writer where you write a certain amount of pages every day. So so far I'm I'm really loving it. It's a it's a great way. Uh, I don't for many years now I have not enjoyed engaging on social media. I still use social media to uh, to entertain myself. And and I get most of my news from social media, which is that's one thing I love about it is I've been able to curate my news feed through through way smarter people than me. So not only do I know what what the progressive side of, of any story is, but I have comedy writers or or journalists saying, okay, 
here's, you know, here's uh, what Zelensky said, and here's what's good about it, and here's what's scary about it, or whatever. Yeah, Mike Mike Scher is a good one. He uh, he posts a lot of good stuff. <laughs> he's fantastic. Uh, yeah, while while doubling you over with laughter, he's he's educating you at the same time. Uh, do you have a do you have a favorite or maybe most surprising question that you've received since you started uh, soliciting questions? Um. It, it's funny, not really. I mean, it, it it's always interesting to me the way my fans interact. They, uh, I, I'm so grateful for whatever reason. They're generally really respectful with me. That's uh, nice. My, <laughs> it really is nice. I mean, in person or in this kind of forum, I don't get a lot of assholes, uh, and I I really appreciate that. Uh, I do get. It's funny uh, the place that they show up. And I and I don't even mean to be, be disparaging. The, uh, I rescind the term assholes. But um, in my Amazon book reviews, there there's this weird niche of people who I guess they're Ron Swanson fans and somehow have blinders or they, they somehow <laughs> conflate Ron Ron Swanson, who is couldn't be more feminist. Like he's a true libertarian. He's cool with everybody. But somehow there are certain sections of the right wing that want him to be homophobic. They want him to be misogynist. They want him to be a gun nut. They, they, they insist that he would have voted for the former guy. And all of these things are like, well, you're obviously sadly just really bad at watching TV, you know. <laughs> but th- so, th- so then they'll end up, they'll be so blind as after all these years and all my books and all my very vocal stances about, you know, about issues, they'll buy my book and they'll be so, I mean, they'll really like their Amazon reviews. They're kind of enjoyable to read because (laughs) you can kind of hear them sobbing that they got the Christmas present they asked for and, you know, and it, and it, it's a Nerf gun and it has a note that says, you shouldn't like glorify gun culture. And they're like, you, you know, you, you tricked me. And maybe you're <laughs> actually getting through to some of those people. That would be good. I, that's my hope. I mean, I, I kind of uh, keep up that sensibility. I mean, it's, it's a fine line. I also am a huge promoter of, of eating red meat, for example, but also the liberal side of red meat, regenerative being, agriculture. Being responsible about it at the same time. Yeah, anti-factory uh, farming, anti-industrial food. And again, that th- people people hear what they want to hear. They can many people can say, "Oh, I never thought about that. I should I should know who makes my food because of my health, for example." Or you get people that that are like, "You cheeseburgers are killing the planet," you know. And you're like, oh, or the re- people who are like, "Why are you trying to take away my cheeseburgers?" Right. Yeah, either way. Get all sides. What else do you have coming up? Is there going to be more devs? No more devs. No more devs. That was a one and one and done. That was written as a as a one-off, yeah. I know the other thing that is on your uh your IMDb at least coming up is A League of Their Own, the new uh series. Uh what's uh, are you do you already finish uh, working on that or Yeah, that's getting ready to come out I think in the I'm not sure, late spring, early summer and uh I I saw the pilot um, as part of, they sent me the pilot when they asked me to come do it. And Megan and I were just bowled over by how great the pilot was. It looks amazing. And Abby Jacobson and Darcy Carden and the, the rest of the cast are astonishing. Abby's done such a great job of, uh, I never once even thought about the movie. 
Um, it's you know it's it's sort of based on the same source material, but it's it's a series. Uh, and it, feel, it feels very different from the movie in a lot of ways. Absolutely, yeah. It, uh, and and so um, I think I think that's refreshing. It's not you know whenever I mention it to people, they're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> you should you shouldn't mess with that movie. And I'm like, well, they, they kind of aren't. Uh, so I, I'm really excited to be part of that. What's um, the what's the character that they brought you into play? Well, it, you know, in a in a very gr- broad sense, it's it's uh, a coach. Uh, it's f- sort of filling the same um, the same trope that Tom Hanks did. Yeah, I was wondering. But they, you know, they had to. They went cuter. They they, you know, they. I, I think people generally agree he was not effective in the original film. And they were like, "Well, what's missing?" And they're like, "Well, cheekbones, abs, like, br- <laughs> you know, bring us, bring us an Adonis. Can we get a Hemsworth? No, get the next best thing, Offerman." Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so we've been ending. I think since you were on, we started ending these podcasts with a segment called the first laugh. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing with you uh, now, but I wanted to actually try out a new question on you and see if you have anything. Okay. So this is, uh, I'm wondering if you have a story or memory that makes you laugh now, but wasn't funny at the time. Uh, yeah, there, there's, uh, one, one springs to mind. Well, there's, and there's two actually it's, it's grandma and grandpa's front yard is the uh, category. Um, and they're, they're both like brutal. My, my, uh, my mom's family, are farmers and my her two brothers are still you know farming corn and soybeans in Illinois, and uh, their parents, my grandma and grandpa, it was this beautiful bucolic farm with a big red barn and pigs. And growing up, I learned some harsh lessons there in their front grassy front yard. The first one was Uncle Don, who was I don't know only eight or nine years older than me. He used to wrestle me. And he would tickle me. Uh, so I'm, I'm maybe five and he's, you know, 13, let's say. He would tickle me and hold me down in the front yard and get me laughing, tickling, like screaming with laughter, <laughs> and then shove my mouth full of grass, which which uh, at some point I was like, what? That's bullying. That's <laughs> terrible bullying. Cause you, and you had to like, you had to really be careful because... You're screaming, and if you inhale wrong, you suck a bunch of grass into your lungs. <laughs> uh, we st- we still get along, Uncle Don and I, but um, I might have to bring that up at Thanksgiving. And then <laughs> even even more poignant. I mean, you can kind of see where that sprang from because Grandpa Mike, his dad, my grandpa, who was just the most benevolent patriarch, he was wonderful uh, man who loved to laugh. He used to. Uh, regularly chew red man tobacco. He had a cheek cheek full of red man tobacco. And me and my cousin, who was my same age, Ryan, you know, emulated. He was our hero. We wanted our, the same work boots. We wanted to wear overalls like grandpa. We would always ask him if we could have some tobacco. And when we were like five years old, he said, yeah, come here. And he's sitting <laughs> on the front porch and he gave us each a, a wad of, you know, like a a gumball size wad of tobacco. And he said, you just chew it like gum. And so we were like, fantastic. Today we are men and, and we <laughs> pop these jawbreaker size balls in and just happily start chewing them. And of course, you know, in less than a minute, we were like vomiting yeah. in the front yard. <laughs> oh, it was so brutal. And he laughed and laughed and, and said, 
don't ever mess with tobacco. It's terrible. <laughs> Taught you a and, lesson that day. Yeah. So I was pretty unhappy at the time, but uh, both those things <laughs> really make me laugh in hindsight. <laughs> Uh, and finally, I uh, just wanted to give you a chance to shout out any comedy that's making you laugh right now, uh, anything on TV or, um, you know, stand up or movies or anything that you have seen uh, in recent weeks and months that, that made you laugh. The, the things that spring to mind uh, are the first one is a, a stage show uh, by our friend Jacqueline Novak, directed by John Early, called... Um, Get on, get, your, on, get on get your on knee. your knees. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I got to see a very early version of it in LA. Um, and then I, I didn't get to see the, you know, the sort of finished product yet. But I'm hoping that she tapes it and that it goes somewhere. She's, you know, she's on, got on, to. Uh, I mean, yeah. Streaming or something. Cause yeah, I think people really need to see that. It's the biggest sensation. And I mean, it's it's incredible. And something similar, uh uh these the these two young men from the UCB in New York, uh named Aaron Jackson and Josh Sharp, I believe. Uh, they, uh, they, they have this two-man show they developed called Fucking Identical Twins. And That's funny H1, It's A24 is making a, a musical movie of it, and Megan is in it. And that, that it was just announced a couple weeks ago. Oh, is ago. this the one that uh, that Larry Charles is directing? I think. Yeah, Larry Charles directing. I didn't realize that's what it was based on, but yeah, it looks very, very interesting. Oh, I mean, I think it's going to be a huge sensation. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Been really fun to be around. The last thing I would say is uh, is this show from England called Stath Let's Flats. <laughs> yes. Um, and I. I haven't learned the guy's name yet, but he's also in after part, yeah, the after party, uh, which is I'm going to probably mispronounce it, but it's Jamie Demetrio, Demi, something. I'm, I'm probably really butchering it, but right or yeah, Demetrio maybe. Yeah, he's he's great. He's great in the after party too. He's really funny. He's fantastic. It's so funny. But you do uh, somebody gave me a good tip when we started watching it, and that is to watch it with the subtitles because their rural British dialects are pretty unintelligible. Yeah, yeah, that's a good tip. Uh, well, Nick, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Good luck with the uh, award show coming up and uh, everything else that you have uh, going on. Um, it's been really, thank really you. great to, to catch up with you. It's my pleasure. Thank you, as always, for having me. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.